Well, welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And today we're going to explore a subject that I really, really get excited about. And that is looking at the history of old circuses back in the 1800s to early 1900s. As one of the early forms of entertainment, there wasn't that much in the way of entertainment back in those days. As it's stated in this book called The History of Barry County, I'll quote it here, it says, Amusements during the early days were few and far between. So we're going to get into some of those amusements that were few and far between, and we're going to focus on circuses, so stick around. So amusements during the early days were described as few and far between. Occasionally, some enterprising manager would bring in to an area like, for example, Hastings, a puppet show and have dancing images with Punch and Judy. That was a traveling show that was popular throughout the U.S. at the time. And they'd also have shows with babes in the woods with these puppet shows. Other times they would have dancing and dancing shows that would come through and feature themselves at the local hotels. And if the community was fortunate enough, they had some kind of an entertainment venue like an opera house or a theater. Not every community had the that sort of thing set up. Battle Creek, for example, the first theater in Battle Creek was the Hamblin Opera House. In much later years, as we enter the 1900s, the Post Theater was built. Over in Marshall, there was the Eagle Opera House. Of course, down in Coldwater, there's the famous Tibbetts Opera House that was a quite successful for indoor entertainment. But in the terms of traveling shows that would come down the railroad lines, circuses were the ones that drew out the people. And just looking at some of the history, I've been doing a lot of research on the old newspapers of the time and concentrating on what circuses came through the Southwest Michigan area. And there were quite a number of them that came through over that 50 year period between say 1850 to about the early 1900s, like 1910. So we're going to look at different stories from that era across southwest Michigan. A lot of them are going to be focused around Battle Creek because that's the newspapers I searched, but I did find some interesting stories from Barrie County, so we're going to get into all of that. So the first story that I would connect here is in 1850, the story of Old Hannibal the Elephant that was traveling with the Van Amberg Menagerie Show. If you've listened to my podcast before, I have a whole episode on the incident that happened in Battle Creek with Hannibal the Elephant, and it's quite of the using story. So I'll just recap it real quickly and then tell you some other stories that connect with the Van Amberg show in other areas. The story of Hannibal the Elephant is such that he was traveling with the Van Amberg Menagerie show and he was a very large uh, Asiatic elephant. He was 15,000 pounds. He was quite a big boy. Well, historically, he was the largest elephant that ever toured North America. And the Van Amberg show arrived in Battle Creek and they made their parade down Main Street and in Battle Creek during this time period of 1850, there's a mill race that had been dug between the two rivers that ran through downtown. In fact, the whole community of Battle Creek was kind of built around this mill race. And so you have this essentially this large canal in the middle of town that goes under Main Street and across the canal is this wooden bridge. And the parade, of course, goes right down Main Street, traveling with all the uh, circus animals. And when Hannibal stepped foot on that bridge, he fell through with a crash and a splash and it was a quite a spectacle because you had all of the people standing around the sides looking at 
the parade, you had the kids, you had the women and the men, and everybody's watching the spectacle. And of course, Hannibal falls through this bridge and he's howling and he's trumpeting, making all kinds of ruckus. He's in the water. The circus handlers are going crazy trying to get him back out. And the people of the bystanders are going, you know, nuts watching this whole thing. So it's quite an interesting little spectacle in the chapter of Battle Creek history. Long story short, Hannibal pulled himself out of the mill race on his own. He was used to lifting circus tent poles with his trunk, holding circus uh, tent stakes and that sort of thing for setting up the circus tents. So he just naturally grabbed the logs, moved them out of the way, and climbed up the embankment. Uh, an interesting side note about that story is when he came back through Battle Creek in later years and they approached that bridge, he refused to cross it. So that's a little bit of an amusing story. But the Van Amberg Menagerie also toured up in the Yankee Springs area. And I came across a little bit of an interesting story about it in the history of Barry County. And this is a really interesting old reference. And I love reading through some of these old histories of the various counties. And here's an interesting story. And I'll just read you excerpts from it. A big event happened in Hastings in 1850. And many of the folk were looking forward to it with great pleasure. And so were the boys who could afford to go. The Van Amberg Circus and Menagerie was coming to Yankee Springs. Then the principal settlement in the county. Flaming posters in Hastings announced the wonders that would be seen. Oscar Young was then 10 years old, and he gazed in wonder at the posters, but had no idea that he could go. But there was one kind-hearted man in the settlement who knew the longings in the boy's heart. Early on show day, Henry Hoyt saw Oscar and William Hitchcock and his brother standing near his store. Mr. Hoyt, who was afterward county clerk and afterward a well-known resident of Kalamazoo, Mr. Hoyt ran a dry goods business. And he approached Oscar and said, well, Oscar, aren't you going to the show? Oscar replied, no, I haven't anything to go with. Mr. Hoyt replied, well, run home and have mother put on your shoes and wash your face and comb your hair and come back and then we'll see what we can do. So another gentleman by the name of Manning Dowd, who was a resident of Hastings, was prepared to take a load to the show for 25 cents per head for the round trip. So he was shuttling people in wagons to the Van Amberg Menagerie show. And Mr. Hoyt placed Oscar on that wagon. And with a kind heart of a man who knows what a boy needs when he starts out for a good time, Mr. Hoyt said, you'll want something to eat. So hold on, a boy never goes to the circus without a glass of lemonade. So you'll need money for that. So not only did this gentleman pay for the 25-cent wagon ride for the boy to go to the show, he gave him some money to buy lemonade with, which is really a fond memory that this man was talking about. So it's quite wonderful. So he goes to the show in this wagon, and the first thing he heard was the carnival barker, who was presiding over the lemonade stand. And he at once was attracted to the barker, who was in charge of the stand. And Mr. Young later described what he heard when he approached this man who was selling lemonade. And the man was saying in his business lingo of the time, right this way for your cool ice lemonade, cool as the ice from the frozen ocean, made by the light of a diamond 75 feet under the ground and sweetened by the kisses of Jenny Lind. 
So Oscar, hearing this pronouncement, could not withstand such an appeal, and he at once stood in line and invested in his first glass of lemonade. He had never before imagined anything tasted so good. After drinking his lemonade, he strolled around the hotel, which was a seven stories all on the ground, and here he saw Yankee Bill, the famous landlord who he remembers from that period, and he said the crowd was gathered from all directions. Some came with horse and oxen teams, and others came on horses by themselves, and as often there was a brawl between some of the persons present and the showman. And when the fight took place, Constable Edgecombe attempted to arrest the man who was one of the showmen that caused the fight or was deemed to have caused the fight. The men connected with the circus rallied in support of their companion. They seized the constable, lifted him up on a rail fence, placed him under it, and then let the fence down upon him. That's kind of an amusing story. And while the man tried to extricate himself and the man he attempted to arrest galloped away over the hill on a white horse and route to Grand Rapids. So after a fine dinner of gingerbread, Oscar was ready for the sights of the circus. So he described that he enjoyed the circus, its acrobats, and the animals. Many of the young ladies present had the privilege of riding on an elephant. A ladder was provided and they took turns in climbing up to the back of the animal and taking a turn around the ring. And then he described that he returned late in the evening to Hastings and was very happy over his day of pleasure. And during his whole life, he never forgot forgot the kindness of Mr. Hoyt, and he felt indebted to him as having provided one of the most pleasant experiences of his boyhood days. So I thought that was an interesting little story about one of the circuses and, and the insight of somebody experienced a circus for the first time as a young boy in those times. I thought it was really interesting. So moving forward in time, in 1880, September of that year, the nightly moon in Battle Creek carried a feature of the Four Paw Show, which was the name of a circus that came to town and they had with them 15 trained elephants and they had a human being shot from a monster cannon and among the other entertainments was 1500 wild beasts including a hippopotamus they also claimed to have performing giraffes as well as lions and 100 great actors so that sounded like a really fun show to take part in and certainly would have been very entertaining to see now two years later, the Four Paw Show returned to Battle Creek, but this time they had 22 trained elephants, and they had a 1,200 men and horses show, as well as their famous hippopotamus, and there was a lot of other great acts that they had uh, grown into. So you can see that this circus had gotten a little bit bigger over the two-year period, and what's interesting is a lot of these circuses arrived on the trains. So towns like Jackson, Albion, Marshall, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, all the way over to St. Joseph that benefited from the railroad would have had these circuses come through their communities. And it's uh, interesting that this you know, circus was uh, really seemed to be concentrated on, on elephants. And there's depictions of the elephants standing on pedestals in their advertising. And it's quite amusing to look at it from the depictions of what they had there. All of the elephants also seem to have their tusks, which is uh, seemed to have been common back in the day. Because I think in later circuses, as we approach like the 1950s and 60s, you don't see elephants with their tusks. Uh, let's look at some of the other shows here. 
1883, the P.T. Barnum show came through Battle Creek. And one of the amazing features of that show was Jumbo the Elephant. If you research the Jumbo the Elephant story, he actually was only with P.T. Barnum for a period of about three years. And he was killed in a train accident up in St. Thomas, Canada. But that was in 1885. So this was like the middle years of Jumbo traveling with P.T. Barnum. And he came in on the Michigan Central Railroad. Thousands of people were in the street on long strings and there were chariots and wagons and immense herds of camels, giraffes, and other elephants. And of course, Jumbo was the feature of all the elephants standing tall among the rest. There was also the Arabian giants, uh, must have been referring to horses, and they all straggled along to the circus ground. And by the time the parade was heard approaching, 10,000 strangers descended upon the town and it was an enormous crowd of people with pedestrians and vehicles and the cavalcade was headed by a magnificent band chariot with pairs of beautiful steeds richly decorated with dressed riders and there were lions and tigers and hyenas and leopards and bears and jaguars. The men were sitting in the cages petting these beautiful creatures so that's quite an interesting display going down the street. And included in the procession were Shetland ponies and some zebras, as well as a hippopotamus in a glass cage. And there was also apparently seals and sea lions and a polar bear. So that is quite an exotic mix of animals. If this um, advertisement was correct, I wonder how they took care of the animals that needed cold, like polar bears and sea lions back in those days. So that was an interesting display that came through with the show of Jumbo the Elephant arriving in Battle Creek. And I saw there there are other references that the show for P.T. Barnum that year went on into Kalamazoo and eventually headed over in the direction of Chicago. So my guess is it probably made stops in other towns along the way, perhaps even Niles or St. Joseph, which would have been probably logical in that direction heading to Chicago. Now, another show that came through in 1885 was the John B. Doris show, which billed itself as the Great Inter-Ocean Circus. And it was combined of a new group of monster shows. This is where they're advertising. It had three big circuses. It had 12 complete Mastodon shows. And it had 50 cages of menageries. And it offered uh, 100 star artists, 50 different acts and a whole host of other entertainment. And on their advertisement, instead of featuring the animals, they featured the acrobatics with people standing on tops of ladders and flipping and tumbling up in the air. So that was a little interesting twist on some of the earlier advertisements which tended to feature mainly the animals and the, particularly the horses and the elephants and the giraffes in the drawings to attract people. So this circus appears to have been heavily shifted towards the entertainment of acrobatics, which made it slightly different than some of the other circuses that came through. Now in 1888, Barnum and Bailey is now the Connected and United show. It's no longer just P.T. Barnum. And they have an ad here for 15 United shows, Battle Creek Thursday, July 19th. And it had horse racing, camels pulling chariots, and a whole host of other entertainment, including a lot of animals, as would be expected with the P.T. Barnum showmanship. And it also included a hippodrome. A hippodrome is typically associated with the Greco-Roman period 
period where they would have a chariot racetrack set up where there's horse racing and things going around and usually for horses to race around as well as horses pulling chariots. So the hippodromes were part of the circuses at this point and they seemed to be a popular thing that they would set up because I found several advertisements from about the period of 1885 to the early 1900. There seemed to be more hippodromes advertised during that period. So it must have been a popular entertainment venue as these uh, circuses were evolving, which is kind of interesting to look at. And another interesting show that came through in 1890 into the Battle Creek area was the King and Franklin's new colossal show, and it featured entirely a hippodrome, and it described itself as being a cosmopolitan fair of all that is thrilling, marvelous, and wonderful that can be exhibited, presenting among its attractions a real Roman hippodrome, presenting a strict facsimile production of the contests and sports and pastimes of Rome, Imperial Caesar's Days. And the events on the day included Roman standing chariot races, liberty races, flat chariot races with male and female jockeys, breakneck steeple chases, and hurricane hurdle races, and comical sack wheelbarrow, barrel, and obstacle races. So apparently they were into racing and adding a little bit of comedy show so perhaps it had a little bit of a flavor of a rodeo show another interesting note on this advertisement is they are promoting seven funny clowns which i believe this was the first advertisement that i saw of the 1800s period that started to advertise clowns so it's it's interesting that they started becoming a uh, something that they would mention on the advertisement during this period now and this was in 1890 and so the last story that I'm going to feature here in this episode is the event that happened in 1909. The Barnum and Bailey Circus came to town and it was advertised in its usual fashion and they came through on August 4th and 5th. I think on the 4th they were setting up and promoting people to show up on the 5th and an unfortunate incident happened was a small tornado touched down in the area and it tore up the tents. It it, it, it removed, it actually sucked up the tents in the in the air during one of the shows and people that were in attendance, three people were injured and two were taken to the hospital because of flying tent poles. So that was kind of a disaster for that circus. And in the story, they talk about being concerned about the stampeding elephants. So they, the circus handlers, instead of handling the immediate disaster at hand, immediately rushed over to secure the elephants and put them into a warehouse that was nearby to settle them down because they were getting starting to freak out, apparently, from the danger of the storm that had suddenly come through. And it sounds like it came through rather suddenly, you know, as you probably have experienced yourself, an occasional storm that suddenly zips into an area in a short amount of time. And this one apparently touched down with some tornadoes. So that was an interesting incident that happened in the circus history. It didn't describe much afterwards. I would imagine the circus just kind of uh, tucktailed and left town at that point uh, to avoid any disaster with the locals. But um, it's just an interesting note in the period of circus history. So I hope you found this interesting. I, I love 
coming across these circus ads when I'm doing research, and I always find myself gravitating towards them and reading them and looking at them and clipping them, sticking them in a folder. And at some point, I'll probably do a video, uh, a more expansive video on my YouTube channel uh, featuring a lot of the circus history, and I'll probably do some deliberate research into it to find more shows that happen around the surrounding areas. But these were some of the stories that I came across, and I love the Barry County story particularly because it's from the viewpoint of a young boy in that time period attending the circus for the first time which I found quite entertaining and kind of heartwarming to hear uh, the reaction and you know also to hear kind of the, the the story of what it was like in the atmosphere of the time you know you have these crazy carnival circus people that travel through town and they're starting fights and all kinds of stuff and, and the carnival barkers and how they sold their products and it's all kind of an interesting dynamic time that it's part of a forgotten chapter of history you know and i think there's there's very few circuses around anymore i believe barnum and bailey was the last one surviving uh, the ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus and i believe they folded not too long ago maybe a decade ago and then there are some smaller circuses, I would imagine, still traveling around the country here and there. But it's not as—it's not like it used to be. Uh, I remember growing up myself uh, as a young lad going to the circus one time as a boy and um, seeing elephants and the whole uh, three-ring circus. And it was quite an entertaining event, but it wasn't quite like it was back in the day in the 1800s where, you know, you rode a horse to go to the event or you jumped in a wagon for 25 cents and rode to the next town to go see the circus and spend the day. And um, without your parents, you know, that's uh, quite a whole different time period. So it's just interesting to look back at the history of circuses and that whole time period in Southwest Michigan history. And I'm sure the circuses traveled to all over Michigan. I'm sure Detroit probably has a much earlier circus history than maybe some of the other parts of the state. And of course, during that time period, the circuses traveled all over the eastern United States. And for many years, they didn't go beyond the Mississippi because they there wasn't much beyond there to show uh, to entertain, but they usually traveled every town between the East Coast to the Mississippi River and all the way up into Canada uh, during the 1850 to 1890s. Then they started moving west to California and things like that as population, of course, grew out in those parts of the country. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode on circus history in Southwest Michigan. If you enjoy the podcast or maybe you've listened to a few episodes by now, I hope you'll take a moment to leave a review on whatever app you're using and just you know, leave a good review if you can. I appreciate a good review if you could give me one. Share it with others. Um, the, the reviews on these podcast apps carry a lot more weight than you would imagine. They help a podcast get lifted above other ones if they've got reviews on it. And I'm certainly interested in getting more people interested in local and regional history. So it always helps to, um, to take a moment to do that. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit my website, michaeldelaware.com. If you'd like to support the work that I'm doing here. There's a couple of links there in the top title bar. You can make a direct donation to my work or you can check out my merchandise store and pick up a piece of merchandise. Got some great t-shirts coming your way for the summer and there's also a Hannibal the Elephant t-shirt on there if you want to check that out. So until next time, thanks for joining me on Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past and I hope you'll join me next time as we take another journey into the past. Thanks for listening. 